Hi everybody, I am Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie now that I love, and it's called Fahrenheit 11.9. Everybody knows it and they say, well, it's Michael Moore and he's taken down Trump and we can't wait to see that. Well, when you see it, you're gonna see a little of that and you're gonna see a lot more, which is what I love about it, Michael. So well, I you. congratulate you on that. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Although there is yeah. some Trump bashing and- yeah. um, Well, that wouldn't It's mean, enjoyable. But it's, yes, it's uh, entertaining mm. and it's funny, but not funny at the expense of, people did not take Trump seriously at the beginning. You did. I did, yes, but I couldn't get anybody to, to listen to me because I, I tried to tell. I live in Michigan, so mm -hmm. I could see what was happening. and I could see he was going to win, and I, um, but, you know, people were just so, they were just so excited about we were going to have our first woman president, which would have been a great thing. She did actually win the popular vote. So, mm -hmm. But what does that count? But what does that count? Because <laughs> we still have a thing in the Constitution called the Electoral College the, to appease the slave states that was put in there 200 years ago. You have a bit in the movie with that, though, that I love where it's the, the baby coffin, you call Well, they it. actually, it's well, carried you, if, in if, these. If, yes, when you see the movie, they carry the Electoral College ballots into the United States Congress, right into the chamber, with, with like, pallbearers carrying small-sized coffins. And your first thought is, yes, that's exactly where the Electoral College belongs. <laughs> and bury it as deep as you can. <laughs> just crazy. Just one of the many. But let's start, at least, yeah. with Donald J. Trump. Yes. And what inspired you to do this? Because a year ago, I saw you on Broadway in the terms of my surrender, <laughs> which this movie shows you didn't surrender. I have not surrendered. No. No. Mm -hmm. no, I have no intention of surrendering. Surrendering. That's correct. That, so um, what made you say, this, I've got to do this? I honestly believe, I am, I am very sincerely worried that what we call our democracy will not be in the same shape or form by 2020 um, if he continues. And if he gets a second term, if he goes to 2024, um, I show in the movie reasons why, regardless whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or non-voter or whatever, you should be deeply concerned as an American what is taking place here in terms of the lack of respect for the rule of law, the lack of respect for the Constitution, and the fact that, that Trump really just doesn't believe in democracy. Now, to his credit, if I can say that. Wow, what do we all get I, that? Yes. To his credit. And look, I, here it is. I didn't self-combust. I'm still sitting here. To his credit. <clears throat> to okay. his credit, mm -hmm. He is, was a CEO and a billionaire. How many CEOs of corporations that you know are, that believe in democracy? They don't run their corporations like a democracy. They run it as a dictatorship. I'm in charge, do what I say, or leave. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and also they end up making the most money. So he likes that idea of the few making the most money while everybody else works their butts off uh, working longer hours than people ever had before, many people working two jobs. Um, and, and he wants to say, he wants to be able to say, this is the way it's going to be. I mean, we've seen him just recently call for an investigation as to whether or not the license of NBC should be taken away because they did something he didn't like. <laughs> but taking away the license of a television network, 
he does not believe or like the idea of a free press. In fact, he calls it a fake press. Um, he he doesn't uh, uh, believe that he doesn't believe in, in you know, obviously unions. He doesn't believe that you know people should have collective bargaining rights. All these things that we believed in for a long time, he doesn't believe in. He hates obviously all welfare. Um, if, if he could, I'm sure he would reduce social security. Uh, he's the pesky entitlement. Pe- uh, pesky people. entitlements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you think of of your 80 year old mother, your 90 year old grandmother. Not the, the only reason that they've a, able to have some kind of sustenance and, and live quasi decently is because we've had this for so many years. That's the danger here. That that his lack of respect for the things that we all believe in is very very dangerous. And and I, this movie asks the audience take him seriously. Stop calling him an idiot. Stop saying that he's crazy. He's crazy like a fox. He outsmarted us all. I mean, seriously, Peter, do you know how to win the White House by losing the election? I mean, the man's got three million less votes than Hillary, and he's sitting in the Oval Office. That, you have to admit, is like some kind of pure or at least evil genius. But he had, a re- which is in your movie, the reaction of him winning. <clears throat> yes. Yes. On 11-9. Yes. See, a lot of people didn't see it because it was 2.30 in the morning. Right. But, I mean, he, and you say it uh, on your voiceover. It's like nobody looked more miserable. They all walked out. His family, his staff, they are all got these glum faces. I, I say in the movie, it looked like a perp walk. You know, I mean, <laughs> did. Trump did everything but, you know, put the <laughs> coat over his head. It, it, um, it, uh, look, he didn't expect to win. I mean, it's just, it's just been revealed by his wife that... Uh, he had uh, no victory speech prepared or written for him. And frankly, I'm not so sure he would have been that unhappy with the fact that he had lost because somebody along the way must have told him, look, if you win this election, you've got to live in the White House. And, 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 and the penthouse there is called the second floor. There's no, there's no penthouse. There's no gold-plated toilets. There's, there's just... There's and, and and you've got to live in Washington D.C. Uh, you know this is a 300-year-old house that's got no air conditioning. I mean this is not going to be a pleasant experience for you. It's, it's so no I'm, I'm sure he was thinking it, you know it's no, no Mar-a-Lago. No, it isn't. No, no. There's not even a putting green I mean, at the White House. There are many things that you show in the movie that we have seen before, and yet it's there for a reason. Because why does Donald Trump? do this as opposed to what we see with the sexual predators and harassers who've been sneaking around. It's all very furtive. He does all this right in front of us. Right. And people say, isn't he great? It's part of his genius of knowing that if you do it out in the open, people will either accept it, love it, or at least say that you were transparent. There's just so many things that happen every day that when I saw your movie for the first time when it opened the Toronto Film Festival, all I could think was, it's not finished. <laughs> right. You could keep going on yes. and adding more mm-hmm. into this. That's why we decided on the first day of production for this film that um, we not chase the news. If we chase mm-hmm. the news cycle every day, we will never finish this film mm-hmm. because you could keep making the, a new film every day practically. So we decided not to do that. And that's why when you said at the beginning, this isn't just a film about Trump. You're not, I, I'm not going to make people sit in the theater for two hours 
and look at Trump and have everything be Trump, 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 Trump. Mm -hmm. We've had enough of this, I think. And we don't need to pay $8, $10, $12 to go to the movie theater to watch that. So what the movie is, is more of a look at the Trumpian times that we're in, how we got here, because he didn't just fall out of the sky. Mm -hmm. What, what, What did we do? What was our part in this that allowed this to happen? And I think that's where the movie, I hope, I think becomes well. Yeah, interesting. you show a lot of that. You also show in the beginning because a lot of this movie is very funny. But when I'm laughing, it's the kind of laughs that stick in your throat. Right. And you, you use clips in the beginning because I had it. I'm guilty of it. We all have this kind of. This can't happen here. This isn't. You, you have a clip of George Clooney where he's just saying. Donald Trump is never going to be president of the yeah. United States. Yes. It reflected what a lot everybody, of us felt. I think just about everybody felt that way. Yeah. 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 But that's yeah. what happens. If you're not careful in a democracy, if you don't take everything seriously, mm-hmm. things can happen, and it can happen quickly. And before you know it, you're going, what happened here? What, 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 what you know, and, 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 you know, this has happened in the past. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that Trump is like Nazi Germany or anything, but I, but I, what I show about Germany in the film is that this was a country back in the, in the 20s and 30s. It's a very intelligent country. They read more books than any other country on earth. Uh, their cities had 12 daily newspapers. Everybody was very well-read, well-educated, um, very cultured. The music that came from Germany, the movies, all that stuff. And yet those people were snookered and got, you know, fooled uh, by Hitler because he promised them jobs. Mm-hmm. He promised them that he would put Germany first. He would make them feel good again. And as soon as he's in there, he starts doing what he really wants to do. Even right down to the, the parallel of uh, he suspended these 12 German football players because they disrespected the national anthem. They failed to give the Nazi salute which you were supposed to do during their national anthem. And the equivalent they were, of taking the knee. Correct. Mm-hmm. And they were kicked off for a year. Uh, they were punished for this. So that's why you have, to, you have to always be wary of the authoritarian, the autocrat, the person that, that loves to have all the power, the narcissist. The more power a narcissist has, it's, the more danger it is for the rest of us. We think in a democracy that we have safeguards against that. You do something, it's amazing, in the movie, um, you go back to your own Flint, Michigan, and you again discuss what went on with Governor Rick Schneider and how he also ran that office of the governor yes. as, as Trump does this. Right. In other words, I don't care about who these elected officials are. They're not doing the job. I'm going to bring in my own people. Right, right. Four years before Trump announces he's running for president, Michigan elected a governor who believed in what you just said Mm -hmm. and and just uh, ended the democracy in cities like Detroit and Flint. They could no longer vote for their mayor or city council. He would install the what was called the manager of the city, and they would run and they would not be answerable to the people of the cities. And um, we got like a coming attraction, a trailer in mm-hmm. Flint and in Detroit to what the rest of the country is going to get in 2016. And so I show this in the film, the lead up to Trump was actually happening in a place like Michigan. And, and it hurt the African-American community deeply in my state. Mm-hmm. But Michigan's 80% white. And the majority of the white people, sadly, kind of liked that. 
and they reelected this governor, and then Michigan went for Trump. One of the most shocking things in an audience, like the Toronto audience that I saw it with, was that they think, well, there's Michael Moore. You know, he's basically going to be a liberal. He's going to do this. But you give a few whacks to Obama in terms of what he did, in terms of Flint, drinking that water and saying mm, there's nothing wrong it. with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Nancy o Pelosi, yeah. too, gets it. I love Obama. Mm -hmm. I voted for him twice. Mm -hmm. um, best president of my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I lived during a time of JFK and whatever. Um, but, um, but this movie, this movie has to tell the truth. I have to tell the truth. Even when the truth hurts. Mm -hmm. Even if it shows Democrats uh, behaving badly. And, and, when I, and by behaving badly, I mean not standing up and not being, having a spine and being strong. And, and you know, the Democrats are always want to compromise. You know, it's the liberal way. We want to get along. Let's, come on, let's be nice. <laughs> you know, kumbaya. And... Um, that hasn't helped us. Uh, the other side, they're fighters. They fight for the things they believe in. They stand up for the things they believe in. They don't relent. You have to admire that about conservatives and Republicans, that they have the courage of their convictions. And even if you don't agree with their convictions, it doesn't matter. They agree mm -hmm. with themselves, and they're like, this is where I am. This is how it's going to be, and let's have the big fight. And liberals are like, oh, I don't want to fight. Uh, can't, we, can't we just all get along? <laughs> Okay, you can have another Supreme Court justice. It's okay. You know, it's like, jeez, no wonder we lose all the time, which is crazy because I point out in the film, Democrats have won the popular vote in six of the last seven presidential elections. Since 1988, that's, that's what, 30 years ago, mm -hmm. the Republicans have only won the popular vote once in 04. The Americans just practically every time vote for the Democrats, and yet the Democrats hold no power. This is the most insane thing. The, the country does not want the Republicans running the country, and yet the Republicans run every branch of government. That's, that's on the Democrats. That's, that's on their inability to have a message, run candidates that people love. You know, people, well, they don't love Trump. I said, well, see, when you say people don't love Trump, you clearly have never watched The Apprentice, all right? And I, and I, I said that we're at the... We're at a, New York premiere last night, and I asked the audience, <clears throat> how many of you in here actually watched The Apprentice each week when Trump was on there? Mm -hmm. And there weren't three hands that went up out of a thousand people. <laughs> and I said, you see, let me tell you what's going on between the Hudson River and Interstate 5. <laughs> All right? People love that show. And he was kind of a beloved figure. Why don't we run beloved figures? Why don't we... Who do we have? Who can we run? Tom Who is Hanks. Tom Hanks. Why not? Who wouldn't vote for Tom <clears throat> Hanks? Why not? Why not? I think he's probably smart enough not to put himself into that position. That's I've asked right. him twice now <laughs> have, to run, right. and he won't run. He's, you know, you could run with him on the Hanks Moore ticket. I even offered that. that. Did you really? Be the VP. I'll do all the work. <laughs> you, you just show up at nice things and smile and be happy. No, Oprah. Who wouldn't vote for Oprah? How about Michelle Obama? Who wouldn't vote for Michelle Obama? Come on. <clears throat> we could win if we ran somebody people wanted to vote for. But God bless him. If we run if Joe Biden or, or, or <clears throat> you know, anybody else they're talking about from the old guard of the Democratic Party. I don't mean old as an age because I think Bernie would still do well. But, I, but if we just run another party regular, same old, same old, same old, um, Democrats are going to lose in 2020. Uh, they have got to run somebody that's going to fire up 
uh, this country because the majority of the country is liberal. The majority of the country, as I show in the movie, takes the liberal position on nearly every single issue, from climate change to gun control uh, to minimum wage. Uh, the majority of the country takes the liberal position, and yet the Republicans have the White House, the House, the Senate, the Supreme Court, and in 50 of our state capitals, Democrats control only eight of them. Will they continue to, you know, when it come November? Do you see, because in the movie, you, you know, this isn't a hopeless movie. It looks at the youth movement. Yeah. It looks at the teacher strike in West Virginia. It looks at people speaking up for themselves against yes. what's happening. Right. Is that where the, your hope lies? I don't know how much hope I have left, to be honest, if mm -hmm. I was being completely honest mm -hmm. with you here. I, in fact, I think, and I think the, the students at Parkland uh, in the high school there, mm -hmm. what they taught me was that hope is going to be the death of us. If we just sit around hoping, mm -hmm. we need action. No more time to hope. Don't sit there and hope that the midterms will go well or hope that the Democrats will run somebody in 2020. Mm -hmm. It is going to take actual physical action. Everybody has to get off the bench. Everybody in the pool. Everybody. This is your country. You cannot call yourself an American if you don't participate in it because America implies a democracy, and it's not a democracy if more than half the people stay home on election day. And I realize people aren't just staying home because they're lazy. People it, in many states, it's very hard to vote. They make it hard to vote. We're the only democracy where election day is not either on a weekend or a holiday. Mm -hmm. They make it a holiday in many democracies uh, if it's like on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. But France and other places, they, they vote on the weekend. Um, they want more people to vote. We want less people to vote and we make it hard. I, I forget what the figure is. It's daunting, you know, of the, the most powerful political party now. Well, over are the non-voters? The non-voter party is what I call it. Yeah. Over 100 million strong. <sighs> I mean, that. Just, why? And I wonder, why even the Democrats, why don't you tap into that? Why don't you reach out to the non-voter party? Because you're going to find that a lot of people, the reason they're not voting isn't, isn't just because they're lazy or they're apathetic. It's because they have a, it's, it's hard for them to vote or they have a second job. Or, or, or they've decided, you know what, these candidates, I don't like either of them, Republican or Democrat. So why don't, we, why don't we put a Democratic candidate on the ballot that people would go in there and go, yes, I want to vote for that. And, you know, the Democrats 10 years ago would have, would have said, uh, oh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know if a black man can get elected. How many Democrats were saying that quietly? Or they're not going to vote for somebody named Barack and you went, I went in there on voting day in 2008, mm -hmm. and right on the ballot it said Barack Hussein Obama. He put his middle name there. He didn't put his middle name there. How many Democratic Party advisors begged him, please take Hussein <laughs> off the ballot, please? And, and, and can we call you Barry? <laughs> Barry would be good. We'd get more votes if we could call you Barry. But you see, what he proved was the American people are good people, and they're <laughs> smart. And, and they wanted him. And they didn't care if his name was Barack or Hussein or whatever. They didn't care he was a black man. They saw he was the best candidate. They saw he was the smarter of the two and that, and that you know, this is the person that I want. He's going to fight for me. So are you, what are you expecting when this comes out? From, are, you gonna, are you expecting some tweets from the president? Yes, well, he already has tweeted at me in the past, and I have my own nickname. You know, you know I'm, I'm one of a couple hundred people that have their own nickname, mm -hmm. which again, shows the man's evil genius. Mm -hmm. He's actually come up with 200 nicknames. 
Uh, I'm Sloppy Mike. Sloppy Mike. And, you know, he called Colbert a, a, a couple months ago, Low Life Steve. <laughs> and I said to Steve, I said, you know, actually, you, everybody knows you. You're the opposite of Low Life. He's actually kind of telling the truth when he says Sloppy Mike. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the rare moments <laughs> that he isn't lying. It's the truth. So, yeah. But he tweeted when you were on Broadway, yes. too. He said, you know, this Sloppy Mike show. Yeah, yeah. No one's going. No one's going, going. to it. No one's going <laughs> right. to it. It's a bomb. And yeah, we were, we were the number one uh, grossing play uh, for uh, five weeks of the 12-week run. <laughs> no, it was, it, was a, it was a big hit and, and, and a great... Uh, well, that, the truth isn't getting the way of the tweet. Well, that's true. But what would you want to say to uh, Donald J. Trump now? Go home. As we- <laughs> Go home. Go home. You have, a, you have a beautiful tower oh, on Fifth Avenue. Avenue. You know. So you want him here in New York with us? Yeah, yes, I yes. want him right. I want him right back in the city that gave us Trump. Trump. Okay, let me tell you something. <laughs> Go home. If Trump had been from Detroit or Flint, we would have taken care of him a long time ago. Go the world would never have known of him. But you guys had forty years to stop this man, <laughs> yes, and we and failed. You failed. You called him the Donald. Donald. The Donald. Oh. He was just entertainment for you here. <laughs> now we're stuck with him. All the rest the of us. Donald. Yeah, that was it. All right. Well, you know that this show ends in song. Last time you were here, you sang America the Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Yes, I did. Can you do something for me now? Oh, my God. A little Bob Dylan, maybe? You know, know, that's funny because when I sang that last time, Mm -hmm. just you saying that reminds me that that's how far we've come, that how I felt in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I feel that way anymore, you know. Um, It's really... um, Huh. Bob Dylan, yes. There's, okay. a, there's a little. Yeah. You, a little you are a little I optimistic. Close. I won't say hope. Right. But that there are forces for change in this world. You show them in the movie. You show those teachers. You show people getting out there. You show those kids from Parkland who suffered the worst, basically standing up and speaking for themselves. All right. Here we go. Okay. Come senators and congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway, don't block up the hall. For he that does something bad is he that is gone. (laughs) There's a battle outside and it's raging. It'll soon shake your windows and rattle the walls. For the times, they have to be a changing. (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was great. I love it when you go out and song. <laughs>